Shenzhen Stories. It has been a while. Uh, we are very happy to be back with some stories uh, from all over the world. As usual, this time uh, it's just not in person. Uh, we've been quiet, obviously, because of this virus that shall not be named, and uh, it canceled our event in February. And you know, we haven't been able to gather here in Shenzhen since then, but. Um, I've got to be honest, I was really, really happy and, and heartwarmed when the community in our forums asked to sort of keep it going, to keep meeting, to hear stories. Uh, and I thought that was awesome. So that is what we did. Um, Jamie and I, in lieu of our traditional venue here in Shenzhen, uh, set up a Zoom room and sent out the link and we had a great turnout. Uh, it was so fun to see some familiar faces and we even got a lot of new faces. Uh, folks who have been listening to us and who've sort of reached out and been supporters uh, of the stuff that we do, but it's obviously been hard for them to get to Shenzhen. These are folks from the States. Uh, we had some people pop in from Thailand and Italy and Vietnam. We were really, really happy uh, with, with, with how it went and seeing everyone's face and with the stories. The stories were incredible. Um, I mentioned just now that we have some supporters who haven't been able to make it to a live event in Shenzhen. And that is, in fact, our first storyteller. He heard that we were taking it online and he reached out immediately and said, oh, I'm so, this is gonna work out. Finally, it works out for me to share a story. I really want to. And we were very, very happy to have him. His name is Pat Wisniewski and he's actually the father of uh, a friend and uh, of a, a former storyteller, uh, Aaron. And he came in with this amazing story <clears throat> uh, following the theme Crushed. Crushed was a theme that we picked out in February, but we thought it still applied as a lot of plans got hijacked by this thing and lives are sort of on hold, varying levels of lockdown and quarantine. But we didn't really get any stories about how down people have gotten since this thing started. In fact, we had the opposite. We had a lot of stories of hope. We had a lot of stories of love and we had a lot of stories that really pointed to where we want to be when this thing finishes. What, what, what kind of community do we want to be a part of when this thing is over? What are we strengthening now while we have this time alone? And I think stories are poised very especially to remind us that we're not alone. Our lives still go on. The decisions we make in the course of our lives still matter, even though we are seemingly alone in quarantine. 
And I just loved hearing everyone come out, share their stories, and the audience that we had show up be super supportive of those stories. So without further ado, we're going to kick things off with our first storyteller, Pat Wisniewski. Go ahead and clap or emoji all the way up to the stage, Pat Wisniewski. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yes, as you've heard now, my name is Patrick Gerard Wisniewski. I got the Patrick Gerard from my Irish mother and the Wisniewski or Wisniewski from my Polish father. I was born into an Irish-Polish, very Catholic family. I'm one of eight children, four boys, four girls. And when I was five, I was in kindergarten, but it was more or less a daycare. It wasn't a real kindergarten. And uh, that year also, my older brother died of kidney disease. I was five. I didn't know a lot about life and death. But what I did know, the next year, I was going to be going to the real school, the big school where my older sisters went. It was called Holy Angels. Well, I didn't understand this little boy brain of mine why angels had holes in them, maybe to make them light enough to fly. Anyway, that next fall, here I am outfitted with my gray pants, my white collared shirt, a little clip-on blue tie and a blue blazer. I had a metal rectangular uh, lunch box and I had my composition book with the wide lines, my two number two pencils and a big pink eraser. I guess I was gonna make a lot of mistakes. And off to school I go. Everything went pretty well for a few months. You know, we were learning to read and doing some basic math. I actually had a friend, John. He was just as shy as I was, so he hardly ever spoke. And um, things went pretty well for a while, except for one thing. I, you know, I was pretty shy. And every other Tuesday, we had music class. And what would happen was the nun would get us all doing seat work and say behave and off she would go down the hall to roll this portable organ into the classroom, a little pump organ. And she had this really neat device that would put five pieces of chalk in it and she'd walk down the chalkboard and back and again and that would be the lines for the notes. And she'd put the notes on and then she'd put the lyrics under it and then she'd start playing and singing the song. Then we'd join in. And after a while, when we all knew the song, my level of terror and fear started rising. Because now we weren't going to be sitting in our seats. I couldn't slink down and hide behind another student. We would be standing where everyone could not only see but hear us. You see, I was shy, as I said but I was really, really shy about my ability or lack thereof to sing. Well, this tall, dark-robed Darth Vader figure of a nun then says, now it is time for everyone to stand up so we can fully expand our lungs and belt out this song. Well, you know, I couldn't hide behind anyone. I would get up sweaty palmed and shaky and I would struggle through these, and I was so relieved when music class was over, we could sit down again. Well, someone else factors into my story. My mother, Martha McCann, my Irish mother, um, and she had married my father from a very Polish family, 
And uh, she was a very good cook, as Marley and Aaron and Jeff know. She was an even better baker, and she would bake all sorts of cakes and pies, uh, sticky buns that I can still taste today, even though I've been a, a celiac for over 30 years and haven't had any of them and dozens of different types of cookies. She was well known around the community. I remember one church bazaar, she made 32 apple pies. It was like a sea of pies in the back of the station wagon as we went to the bazaar. When we got there, people had already lined up and before the event even started, they were all sold. So about that same time, the school needed a new roof and they didn't have any money. So my mother sent us Wisniewski's into school with these strips of paper, the old mimeograph machine, and they were raffle tickets. First prize was gonna be 15 of her best cakes and pies, a couple dozen cookies and a pan of those sticky buns. Second place, you'd get 10 of them. Third place, five of them. So in short order, the uh, students and the families at school and the people in the community had bought up enough of these raffle tickets to put a roof on the school. And um, after that was all done and the winners had collected their prizes, there were a lot of cookies still left over. So my mother took and put them in cookie tins and sent them to school with us such that we could share them with our classes as a treat. So I go to school that day with my little arms around this big tin round cookie tin and I come in and I say to the nun, I've brought a treat for the class. And she said, oh, that'll be great. That'll be our snack after music class. Ah! I made that noise like Charlie Brown makes when Lucy pulls the football away at the last minute and um, realized I had forgotten it was a Music Tuesday. Uh, so here we were. That day in music class, for some unknown reason, this nun appointed two young ladies to walk up and down the rows of students, like you see behind me in the background, and to pick out those who didn't speak loud enough. Well, my friend, my shy friend John and I, we were nabbed immediately. To make it worse, the nun made us stand up in front of the whole class for the last song. I was visibly shaking and I was hardly croaking out this song. I was so shy. And then to make it worse, at the end, she said, now these two, since they didn't sing loud enough, will not get a cookie. I said, but those are my cookies. And she simply said, well, maybe next time you'll sing louder. Oh, I was enraged. I was crushed. I was mad about it, but even more so, I was just at a loss as to what to do. So I just slunk back to my seat and hid my eyes so no one could see my crying. Well, many years later, I had met someone, re-met someone who I had met in physics class at the University of Delaware. And Karen, she's a musician and she sings. I mean, she really sings. Uh, she taught our whole family, our kids, songs for the many hundred-mile vacation driving trips we would take. She did, she produced 13 backyard musicals with our children 
and 15 to 20 of their friends as cast members. We would build a platform in the backyard and physically take her piano out and she would play the music as they acted and sang the songs. Um, we still to this day fill the house at the holidays time with as many people as we can get in here. And Karen plays on the piano from A to Z, all the music from all the different traditions for the holidays. And Karen somehow, I must really love her, I agreed to this, convinced me to sing with the Unitarian Universalist Choir for a year. And I said, okay, I'll sing for a year under one condition. You sing tenor two and stand right next to me so I'm not so far off key. Well, that was hard for me. Every single Sunday, it, it was difficult. And I was so glad when that was all, all over. Well, around that time, I had a tree job. I'm an arborist and it was a very large tree. It went over two whole yards plus part of a schoolyard and I had been hired to take it down. And I hired a large crane and I um, enlisted the aid of a friend's whole tree crew to come and help with this project. And it was a difficult job and it took most of a day, but it went well, everything was done safely. I came home feeling pretty good about it, covered with sawdust and wood chips and all. So I stowed all the tree equipment and I went upstairs to clean up. I get into the shower and cleaning up and I'm feeling pretty good. Now, I would not to this day win any prizes on those talent shows and I'm not always on key. I felt pretty good. And while I, I geez, I, I started singing. Yes, I was singing. And at that instant, Karen comes running up the stairs. Are you all right? Did you fall? Did you hurt yourself? No. I, I was singing. I was again momentarily crushed. But then I laughed. We laughed together. And as our children and my granddaughter will tell you, I can sing a pretty good lullaby these days. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Pat. That was incredible. As I mentioned, Pat is the father of a former storyteller and uh, she, Aaron and her family were all in the Zoom room, in their living room, huddled, supporting their dad from across the world telling the story. And that's really always been the goal of Shinjin Stories, to bring stories from all around the world into one place, uh, to unify people, to remind people that their, their differences are small and their, and their commonalities are wide. We really, really liked seeing everyone come out for that. And you don't hear the normal applause and laughter that you get from a live event, but I assure you the chat boxes were lighting up and the emojis were popping up. And if you're not familiar with Zoom, which in this day and age, I am sure you are, <laughs> um, it was just amazing to see uh, everyone's smile and everyone clicking the thumbs up and the happy faces, even though we couldn't hear them. Um, we had a lot of really, really great feedback from this event and we will be doing it again if you missed it. So if you're not following us on Instagram, 
uh, follow us on Instagram. That's a great way to get the code for those meetings. Um, you, if you are in Shenzhen or have a WeChat account, um, please uh, get on that WeChat group and follow us on Facebook and all that fun stuff. Um, we love you guys. We know that this is hard. Um, China, you know, has spent a little bit of time dealing with this stuff and now the rest of the world is sort of catching up and uh, experiencing it too. And so as, as it happens, um, if I can give any sort of uh, encouragement from China is that we're on month three, it does get better. It will be hard, but ultimately we will be fine if we remember who we're coming back to when this is over. Thank you guys so much. Please stay tuned for more stories uh, and more events. Take care.